Welcome to Between Two Printers, a podcast where we will discuss all things 3D printing and ONP. I'm your host, Jeff, and I've been with Warm for the past 19 years, and recently my role has been increasingly revolving around 3D printing. So we decided to create a podcast to discuss and share some of the learnings we've had along this journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Between Two Printers. I'm joined today by Angela Saunders. Angela, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Sure, Jeff. First of all, I'm an avid listener of Between Two Printers, and uh, I guess second of all, I've been working at uh, Vorum off and on for the past seven years or so. Um, Currently, I'm the Chief of Sales and Marketing at Vorum uh, and uh, have been closely following all of your 3D print exploits with a lot of interest uh, because we are often getting questions from prospects and even existing customers about how they can make the most of 3D printing for ONP. So I'm really happy to be here today and excited to ask you my question. Glad to hear that you've been listening. So what is your question? So Jeff, my question for you today, uh, you know, you've explored quite a few different topics related to printing for O&P, but I noticed that you've been talking mostly with Chris Hanford. You're both engineers, so I just wanted to know if I'm not an engineer, which I'm not, and maybe some of our listeners aren't as well, uh, how would I get started with using a 3D printer? Well, I guess first and foremost, I'd need to ask you some follow-up questions. Uh, What do you want to do? Are you looking to just get a feel for printing, make some widgets that you found on Thingiverse or something like that? Do you want to design your own things to fill some specific purpose around your home or office? Or are you talking about making patient wearable devices? And then the other question would be, what printer do you have access to? Do you have some super fancy work printer with custom file preparation software? Do you have a good work printer with some manual file preparation required? Or did you pick up a hobbyist printer on Craigslist for 50 bucks and you're just trying to figure stuff out? Yeah, I guess I could answer the second question first. I've been walking around the office noticing that we have quite a few different printers. Thought that maybe I could try those, but I understand that they require some preparation. All right. And uh, do you know what type of printer uh, you guys have? Yes. I think all of them are mostly FDM. I'm pretty sure there's also one other, but not too worried about using that one. Um, As to the first question, I guess I hadn't really given it much thought. So what what would be the implications of each? Well, first things first, uh, you're gonna need to get access to the file preparation software. Uh, This could be something free like Pura or Prusa Slicer or Slicer where there's a three in place of the E, in which case you could probably just install it anywhere you like and copy the profiles uh, from whoever's already using it. Alternatively, your colleagues may be using some paid software like Simplify 3D, in which case you'd likely need to access the workstation where they've already got it set up. The advantage, of course, of that is it'll already be set up. Uh, Do you know who might be able to help you with that? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that that person might be you, Jeff. Uh, I feel like slow clap works so much better on video than it does in audio. Yes, it would be me. <laughs> Anyways, as to the tasks, uh, just to get a feel for printing and make widgets that you found online from Thingiverse or some other website, you know, many of the parts that you find on there are kind of hit or miss uh, in terms of being well-designed for 3D print. 
a lot of people just like printing random little figurines as such. And these are often posed in positions that are kind of hard on a, an FDM printer. For example, a little figurine with arms outstretched, which would require supports to print the arms correctly. Supports? Like what? So at the most basic level, if you're trying to print some arbitrary shape on an FDM printer, you have to remember that the core principle is, is about building a shape layer by layer from the ground up. And by the ground, I mean the, the print bed. The implication here is that you have to have something underneath each layer that you print. So that first layer prints right onto the bed, and then every subsequent layer prints onto the layer before it. So for something like a little figurine of a person with their arms outstretched, you need to print something that would be stripped off and thrown out, and those are called supports. You could sort of think of it like scaffolding to support a statue if you were building it from paper mache without any sort of internal structure. Right, so some shapes will presumably print better than others. Absolutely. And until you're comfortable recognizing it yourself, I would strongly recommend reading the descriptions for signs that an item was designed for print. Oftentimes it'll tell you if it needs supports, better yet if it says it does not. And also read through the comments. If there are problems printing something, there will be complaints. Similarly, if a part's well-designed and easy to print, you'll see people singing the praise of the designer as well. If an item was designed for print and done well, this will give a much more satisfying sort of first print experience, as most of the typical out-of-the-box settings of your prep software will work just fine. In that case, you could probably just choose a material type and possibly a quality setting, and then use the defaults and get a good print. Pay attention to the instructions as well when you're checking out the, the instructions online. The orientation of the piece might be super important in terms of getting a good print. Wow, so people have already written instructions to all this? That sounds easy enough. Sure. Uh, but I guess, you know, the easy stuff is easy. Where you'll learn more and what's probably more interesting is getting into the less well-designed or complicated parts where you kind of have to play around at the slicer settings to print it nicely. But to ensure some measure of success and not get you super frustrated right away, that's the best place to start. An easy starter print like Benchy, which is this little benchmark tugboat, is a good print for sure. Where things get more interesting is trying more challenging prints and then failing a little and figuring out which settings need adjustments to get better or functional prints. Yeah, I'd have to say I'm not really looking to get frustrated right away, so I might stick to some of the easier things until I get some more confidence on the whole process. Um, so in that respect, what about things for around the home or at the office, for example? Right, so this is gonna come down to a couple of things. Uh, one, do you have access to a CAD tool that you know how to use? And two, do you have a problem that needs fixing? In order to get anywhere on this, you kind of need to answer yes to both. I have many problems that need fixing, uh, but that's not the time or place to discuss those. So I guess we can go straight to what I was thinking, which is uh, my laptop camera stopped functioning recently and I've had to resort to using my cell phone for video calls. And I was going, hey, maybe there's an opportunity for me to print something like a stand that I could use for my cell phone when I'm on video calls or video conferences. What do you think about that? Sounds like a great project. Um, and it's one that I've given a little bit of thought to for a slightly different purpose. Okay. Um, you've probably been on a flight, you know, not just recently, once or but, twice. <laughs> but back in the day when people could go to places. Uh, and certainly there are some of the planes where they don't have any TV screens and you have 
to use your phone or your tablet to watch uh, whatever entertainment that they've got on board. And so I think what I've thought of for that would probably be similarly applicable to your case here, because what I wanted to do was make a cell phone holder that I could fit into an arbitrary like uh, envelope pocket thing on the back of an airplane seat to be able to watch a video. Um, but I mean, the way that you want the screen aligned is more or less the way that you want the camera aligned. So it's going to end up being a pretty similar situation. So there's a couple ways that you could go about that. Um, one, you could make really precise measurements of your laptop and make kind of a little hook that fits your laptop perfectly. Uh, in which case, from the side kind of, it would end up looking a little bit like a squashed S so that there'd be a loop that went over the top of your screen and then dropped down a bit and then had a bit of a loop on the bottom to hold your phone. Right. But if you want to make it a little bit more adjustable, uh, what would be more interesting would be to kind of break that into two pieces and put a hole through it and you know, run a screw so that you'd have uh, a, bit of a, uh, a bit of a hinge. So then you could attach it to any thickness of screen. So you could use it on your laptop at home. You could use it maybe on your Surface tablet that you've got somewhere else. And it would also work on a uh, on the envelope on the on the back of a seat. Yeah, I can see that being pretty useful to have something that's adjustable. But it also sounds pretty involved. And maybe I'm thinking I should just stick to some widgets from Thingiverse for now. Uh, but I guess you know if we took this back to a topic that's closer to. Um, what we're trying to do with ONP, uh, there's probably some other things that I would need to know before I or some of our customers started making patient devices. Right. So, I mean, of the of the things discussed so far, this is this is the most challenging. Um, it will involve design for print, uh, as I assume that you don't have some customer patient device file just sitting on your USB key that magically appeared there. No, not that I'm aware of. Right. So again, you're going to need access to a CAD tool. But for a custom patient device, if we're talking fully custom and not just uh, a standard model with a few dimensions scaled mildly uh, to adjust that standard model, then you probably want a more fully featured CAD tool to manipulate the patient shape. Then you're going to have to be able to print it. But here it needs to do more than just look nice. So when we talk about printing the little widgets from Thingiverse, Maybe it prints really nice the first try. Maybe you make a few adjustments to get it to, to look nice. Uh, but when we start talking about a, a patient device, it needs to do more than that. You need to factor in the loading, uh, et cetera. You need to make sure that the design is strong enough in the design phase. This also means not printing from something not just PLA, which is cheap and super easy to work with. You'll need to select a material appropriate for a patient device. In most cases, these are materials that print at higher temperatures and often have more issues with shrinkage, which can cause the prints to come detached from the print bed. Which you talked about in another episode of this podcast, too. Ooh, you've been paying attention. If there were a test, you might pass. Might being the operative word. <laughs> and then lastly, the entire uh, interlayer strength is quite important, too because we don't want a device traditionally manufactured or printed to break while the patient's wearing it. Yeah, I totally understand why you've had all of these different episodes outlining the different steps to this process. Because as we just talk about it here for some of the simple shapes, it even is starting to sound a bit intimidating. 
And it should. It's, it's not something that should be jumped into lightly. There's a lot of considerations to make. If you can work with someone that's done a little bit, they can help you spot the challenges before they become real problems. But as to getting a feel for it, keep reading and watching tutorials online. There's a lot of great information to be had. And don't be afraid to experiment. Starting out with the little widgets from Thingiverse is a great place to start, just so that you get an understanding of how the technology works and the little hiccups that you can have along the way. And I guess it's handy knowing that you are in the office and can help me out if there's something that I need printed, Jeff. I suppose I probably could. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you taking the time to answer my question today and having me on the podcast. Great, and I hope we'll see you here again soon. Maybe next time there'll be a test. Okay, I better sharpen my pencil. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to like, review, or share on whichever platform you're listening on. We build these episodes according to what we think you want to hear. So please do leave us some feedback by either leaving a comment or reaching out to us at info at forum.com. Until then, take care. <laughs>